The Word says we're called to make disciples. We're growing in the Word of God. Jesus Christ was sent to be our Saviour. This is the Bromley Town Church Podcast. We pray God speaks to you through this message, blessing you as you live out God's Word. Stream or download other sermon podcasts via the Bromley Town Church website or by using the SoundCloud app. Head over to BromleyTownChurch.com. So today we're going to continue in our series on the life and the legacy of Peter. Now, last week we heard from Pastor William and he looked at Peter's life while Jesus was here on earth. Uh, But my focus today is going to be on Peter's life after the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So let's go into God's word today. Uh, So today's message is titled, A Bold New Era. A Bold New Era. Now, as Pastor William was talking last week, he said that Peter's life, really, God had him at the heart of what he was going to do in the early church. But he also talked about the joys and the challenges that he faced. For example, we saw Peter responding to Jesus when he said, who do people say that I am? Peter said, you are the Christ. And Jesus told him, God reveal that to you. Imagine the elation, I heard from God. And then on the other hand, we see Peter taking Jesus to one side after he'd said he was going to die. And Peter's saying to him, absolutely not, you're not going to die. And Jesus said to Peter, get thee behind me, Satan. Now imagine how he felt. Uh, That must have been a low period. And then we see Peter later on, when Jesus was captured, betrayed into the hands of those who wanted to kill him. And Peter, having said, whatever happens, I'm going to be with you, denied Jesus three times. And the Bible says he went and he wept bitterly. So you can imagine that was a really low period for Peter. But we're not going to focus on yesterday. We are going to focus on today, which is about his life after the resurrection. The first thing I want to do is read from the book of Acts chapter 1, verse 4. And the Bible says, and this is Jesus speaking to his disciples, and being assembled together with them, Jesus said to them, do not leave Jerusalem. He commanded them, don't leave Jerusalem until you have the promise from the Father. Later on in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, it says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. That was a command. You know, we say that Jesus knows the end from the beginning and the beginning from the end. Jesus knew exactly what they would need for what was coming their way. And that's why it was a command. Wait, do not leave. And that's what they did. The first point I want to uh, touch on today is the transformation in the life of Peter. A transformed life. Now imagine the scene. They there waiting, they're all together, and suddenly the Holy Spirit arrives. And it's, you can only imagine what was happening. Tongues of fire, people praising God. And then you see this commotion outside, people gathering, wondering what's going on here. 
And uh, you can just imagine, you know, when you have a crowd gathering, no one knows what's going on. And we start to make up uh, our own theories about what's happening. There were people saying, oh, leave them, they're drunk. Other people saying, they can't be drunk. I mean, look at the time of the day. And then some saying, sure, they can't be drunk. I can hear them praising God in my language. Someone else going, really? I can hear them in mine too. And in all of this commotion, Peter steps up. The same Peter who had denied Jesus three times. He steps up and begins to preach the gospel. And begins to say to them, Jesus that you crucified, this same Jesus is risen. And through him, you can have salvation. You can have forgiveness of sins. In fact, let's look at what it says in the book of uh, Acts. Yes, let's look at Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Peter said this, Repent, let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. One of the characteristics of a transformed life is boldness. Peter was bold. This is not the old Peter that was shying away, not wanting to be identified with the struggle. This is now a new Peter, transformed, bold, and he's there preaching the gospel to thousands of people. And from that, 3,000 committed their lives to Christ, a bold new Peter. Let's look at another example. In Acts chapter 4, we see Peter and John preaching the gospel. They get arrested. They take into the Sanhedrin. Now, the Sanhedrin, as I understand, could be two, either a lesser one, which will have about 23 rulers and elders, or a great one, which will have 71. It's said that if it's not expressly stated, it's likely to be the greater one. So let's say here is Peter and John being taken before the Sanhedrin, 71 rulers and elders sitting in judgment because the Sanhedrin was a kind of a tribunal. They're sitting in judgment and they've brought them before them. The Bible says in Acts chapter 4 verse 8, Peter, being filled with the Holy Spirit, spoke boldly to the rulers and elders of Israel about Jesus, the same Jesus that got them arrested in the first place. But they were bold because they were transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let me say this. There can be no transformation without the power. And there can be no power without the Holy Spirit. It's just not possible. The kind of transformation that we're talking about here. Now in Acts chapter 4 verse 13, it says this. That when the Sanhedrin saw the boldness that Peter and John were displaying, they perceived these guys are uneducated, untrained. And they were surprised. They marveled. And then it dawned on them. These guys were with Jesus. And that was a, a transformation. Now, the thing is, under normal circumstances, you would assume that uneducated, untrained people having to go before the tribunal will be nervous, they will be afraid, petrified. Because the Sanhedrin probably consider themselves the high authority. Uh, they were the rulers of the land. And, um, and people probably respected and feared them in equal measure. 
So the surprise of seeing these guys who uh, were speaking boldly to them about the same message they wanted to shut them up about, that was something else. Now, why were they able to do that? Again, it's just the power of the Holy Spirit working in them. Now, the Sanhedrin, they decided, they conferred among themselves and decided, here's what we're going to do. We're going to strongly threaten them to stop this message, and then we'll let them go. And of course, they told Peter and John that. But I love their response, and we see it in Acts chapter 4, verse 19. And it says, But Peter and John answered and said to them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you, more than to God, you judge. Fantastic. You decide whether we should hear you rather than do what God has called us to do. And of course, they went back to the other disciples. They told them the story in all of that excitement. Look at what they prayed. In Acts chapter 4 verse 29, it says, Now, Lord, look on their threats. And grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word. What can we learn from this? You know, we may not be standing in front of thousands to preach the gospel. And we may not be pulled before the courts because we share the gospel with someone. Even though in part of the world that is the case. But we are challenged about our faith. Family, friends, colleagues, those who don't believe, they challenge our faith. The question is, are we going to allow the power of the Holy Spirit in us to work and we speak boldly? Or are we going to shy away and say nothing? We must speak. We must speak because the Lord has given us his Holy Spirit. And we have that power, that enablement to be able to speak. And that is the lesson we take from Peter in this scenario. We must speak. Now, the second point I want to look at is the church. The church is born. Now, in Acts chapter 2, verse 44, we read that all those who believed were together. They had everything in common. In Acts chapter 2, verse 41, we read, that the Lord added to the church daily. So suddenly we have a fast-growing church. Now remember that Jesus said to Peter, on this rock I will build my church. Jesus called him Cephas, which in Aramaic means stone. Now Cephas in Greek is Petros, and that's where Peter comes from in English. Jesus already told him, I'll build my church on this rock. Now I can just imagine the weight of responsibility that Peter is now starting to feel as the church begins to grow. Because people are looking up to him now. You know, I often, I read autobiographies. And when I read about people who've started businesses and the businesses have grown, one of the things they always say is the weight of responsibility they feel for the people that are now working in the business. The fact that suddenly, these people, their livelihoods, their families, all depending on the success of this company, they carry that weight in them. And I could just imagine Peter in that space, a fisherman, now at the forefront of an exciting movement 
and people are looking up to it. Now we see that um, there are many issues they have to deal with. So in Acts chapter 5, verse 1 to 11, we'll read about Ananias and Sapphira. Now, as I said earlier, the church were doing everything together. They were selling what they had, putting it all in, and everyone was doing that. Now, Ananias and Sapphira wanted to be a part of the church, but they didn't want to do it on the terms that was at that time. And so they sold their stuff and they put some in. And when they were questioned, they lied about it and said, no, 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 this is everything. And of course, you can read what happened to them in Acts 1 to 11. But Peter had to ensure the integrity of the church because that was vital at that time. Another thing to look at is the complaints that they were beginning to have. So the Greek-speaking Jews were complaining that their widows were not being treated fairly, that the daily distribution wasn't getting to them, and this came to the disciples. And again, there's Peter having to deal with this. Now, the Bible also says that the apostles, the, the, the disciples, were multiplying rapidly. And this is now getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and it's getting more and more difficult to control. So the disciples get together, and they decide, you know, here's what we're going to do. Let's focus on prayer and preaching, and let another group focus on the administration of the church. That is a lesson. Let's separate. And that was music to the ears of those who were complaining. Because now it meant that people could focus on the right areas. You get the sense that these guys, they haven't been here before. This is all new to them. So as they go in through, they're making decisions. And the Lord is guiding them. They don't have all the answers. But they are going through and they believe in God for the answers. The other thing to look at during this time is the persecution. The persecution was ongoing, relentless. In Acts chapter 4, we already read about Peter and John being arrested, being brought before the Sanhedrin. In Acts chapter 5, he's arrested twice. In Acts chapter 7, we read about Stephen being martyred. Now, he was one of those who was selected to run the administration of the church, being martyred. In Acts chapter 8, we read about Peter being arrested again. And we, we read about Saul persecuting the church, rather. And then in Acts chapter 12, we read about Peter yet again in prison. The persecution is unrelenting. But Peter remained steadfast. And what we can learn from this period is to keep the faith. Now, if you remember in the book of John, chapter 6, Jesus preached about his disciples eating his flesh and drinking his blood. And that was too much for many of them. And they decided, no, 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 we can't carry on. Because they took his words literally. They couldn't carry on and they left. And Jesus turning to Peter said, what are you going to do? And Peter said this. In John 6, 68, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life.
Peter was fixed in his mind. This is the Savior. I don't understand what he said. I don't understand what's going on. It's a difficult thing to process. But my mind is made up. This is the Christ. Him I will follow. And I think that's the lesson that we can take. Challenges, situations, personal tragedies. All sorts of things happening. We don't understand. Sometimes we ask God, why? Why me? What have I done? Even though sometimes it's nothing to do with what we've done. But what we should never do is say, God, if you don't do this, then I'm no longer following you. The lesson we learn from Peter is to remain steadfast. And the last area I want to look at is what I've called culture versus Christ. You know, in Mark 7.13, Jesus was rebuking the Pharisees because he said to them, do you know what? Your culture, your tradition, you are making it so difficult for God's word to come to fruition. So, so difficult. And we know that Peter was steeped in this tradition. So Peter was far from being the finished article. Let's read Acts chapter 10, 9 to 16. The next day, as they went on their journey and drew near the city, Peter went on to the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. Then he became very hungry and wanted to eat. But while they made ready, he fell into a trance and saw heaven open and an object like great sheet bound at the four corners descending to him and let down to earth. In it were all kinds of four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, creeping things and birds of the air. And a voice came to him, rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything common or unclean. And a voice spoke to him again the second time. What God has cleansed, you must not call common. So here's an experience. And that experience was repeated three times. And then after that, the Lord said to Peter, go downstairs. There's some people looking for you. Go with them. And we know this is the story of Cornelius. Cornelius was a Gentile. And God was sending Peter to the Gentile to preach the gospel. Now, without that experience, it's fair to say that Peter probably would not have gone. But this was God changing Peter's mindset, changing his thinking, starting to change what he was steeped in, his tradition, the idea that everyone else is unclean and the Jews are clean because they're circumcised. This is Jesus starting to change that mentality. And I love what Peter then later says in Acts chapter 10, verse 35 to, uh, 34 to 5, to 35. He says this, In truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, whoever fears him and works his righteousness is accepted by him. A change of mentality. I'm saying here, Peter, even after the experiences he had, wasn't a finished article. The, word, the Lord was working in him. Then we see later, in Galatians 2, 11 to 14, we read about Paul challenging Peter. Because, you see, Peter would eat with the Gentiles. But when some of the Jews turned up, Peter refused to eat with the Gentiles. 
And Paul was challenging him to say to him, this isn't right. Because the thing is, we know and you know, Peter, that it is grace and not the law. And the Lord has shown you, don't call unclean what I've called clean. But because of the fear of man, or maybe his tradition, he was choosing not to eat with the Gentiles when other where others were around. And of course, some of the disciples were following in his footsteps, and that was wrong. Now, the point here is this. Peter walked with Jesus. Peter had the day of Pentecost experience. Peter walked in boldness. Miracles happened. But he was not the finished article. The Lord still had to work and work and work on him and through him. And here's what we learn. We're not the finished article. So we do wrong. We fall off. Uh, sometimes our fears stop us. Sometimes our prejudices stop us or make us act in ways that are not really right. The point is, we have to continue to renew our minds. And that's why Paul said to the Romans, and we read this in Romans 12 too, be transformed by the renewing of your minds so you can prove what is good and acceptable to God. That is the lesson we take from this, that we have to continue to renew our minds through the word of God so that our thinking, our mindset can continue to change and be in line with what Christ wants us to do. So I hope this has been really useful for you. I hope that you're going to go and pray for boldness so that you can speak God's word. I hope that when challenges come your way, you're going to remain steadfast, knowing that Christ is there with you. And I hope that you're going to continue to renew your mind as you go into God's word to get greater and greater understanding. Next week, Pastor Jonathan is going to carry on in this series about the life and legacy of Peter by looking at his letters. Uh, I pray that you have a great week. May the Lord bless you, keep you, and make his face shine on you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Bromley Town Church. You are always welcome to visit us on a Sunday morning or join us again for more messages here online. You can also stay connected with us at www.bromleytownchurch.com.